0: Hi, Chris Bellaton here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling Refine your gifting and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Profits, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Hi, everyone. It's Allie Valentin here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy Hi, Chris Bellaton here. Hey, we're going to talk about the profits and the school of the profits, the company of profits. And we got the school of profits coming up here in August. And Ben and I are going to do a little interviewing each other. Hi, Ben.
1: Hey, KB. How's it going?
0: Good. How are you doing, man?
1: Good. Good. I mean, they asked me to come into the studio for this. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'll look better. You
0: are big time, bro. Your hair looks nice. I like it.
1: Thanks. You know, I uh, I cut it recently.
0: I'm going to huh. turn up my volume so I can hear you better. Oh, that's good. good. Yeah. Well, hey, Ben, we got the School of the Prophets coming up here. What is the date? Uh, it's probably right here, right? Yep. It's not on here. Oh, here it is. The School of Prophets, August 7th through 11th. I, I should know that by heart. 7-11, Ben. <laughs> 7-11. Yeah, we're excited and, uh, about this year. Yeah, yeah. we are. I, I think it's an extraordinary, it's going to be an extraordinary time because of, you know, everything that's happening with the momentum that we're gaining, in, you know, in in our nation and nations around us, people really getting desperate and desperate people always win. And as we've been talking about lately, how the Lord always sends his prophets when he's shifting culture. There was, you know, Abraham, there was, uh, uh, you know, Elijah, Elisha. Uh, Daniel, Joseph, Esther—all these people who are prophets—and then the, the, you know, when the Lord pours out His spirit in the New Testament, first thing He does is say, in "The last days I'm going to pour out My spirit on all flesh, and they shall prophesy." So, you know, here we go. We're, we're, uh, we're talking about culture. Ben, give us a brief. Uh, like, how did you know that you were called to be a prophet, Ben? Like, was that from birth?
1: Yeah, not not from birth. I mean, I had encounters when I was young, uh, two specific encounters that kind of sent me on the path of this. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have said it was, uh, you know, I was going to be a prophet. You know, I was reading Proverbs eighteen twenty one at eight years old, and I read, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. And immediately, it was the first time, the logos actually became Rhema to me. And it felt like God was speaking to me. He said, Ben, I want you to speak life. And so I dedicated myself as a young man. I want to speak life as much as I can. And it was it, I you know, I didn't know that there was such thing as prophets and stuff back then. You know, I was reading them in the Bible. And then another uh encounter I had just really sent me on this journey of that. And then years later as I continued to develop this thing, I wasn't trying to become something. I was just trying to be me, be sensitive to the voice of God, and continue to operate in that. God began to open more and more doors. I had more and more encounters. You know, I've shared with you, Chris, I had a dream some years ago where I was sitting in my old uh, Osmobile car in this dream, and Jesus was in the driver's seat. And I was sitting in the passenger seat, and Jesus says, hey, here comes your father. And I look over, expecting to see my dad walking up to the car, but it wasn't. It was you, Chris Valentin. And back then, you know, I, I, we, we had relationship. We knew each other, but we didn't have a father-son relationship in the prophetic, and it wasn't until years later where that came about. But I think You know, there's a lot of people running around, Chris, you know, wanting the title of prophet. Yeah. And uh, I I think it says eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but the the office gifts, you know, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, teacher, evangelist, these are gifts of Christ. And Christ chooses those. And I would encourage anyone who's hungry for this and want to learn more, School of the Prophet is going to be a great place for that. But not just that, hey, why don't you just be full-time being a child of God? You know, whatever your name is, that's a full-time job. Chris Bellatin, that's a 100% full-time job to be Chris Bellatin. Ben Armstrong, 100% full-time job being that. And then God works that out. But I think there are some things you can do to kind of line up with that. You know, I Chris... I'm always thinking as well with this, you know, we're getting older and older, right? (laughs) In this whole thing in the prophetic, well, not you, but me, I'm going to be turning 50 in a month. Um, So I'm, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, but you know, I think about it. What would you give as advice to some of the younger prophets coming up? Like, what are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the most important things you would tell uh, a young Chris Valentin, right, when he was coming up?
0: Yeah, be patient. <laughs> right. Then we both have had that challenge, right? Be patient. Yes. And um, and I, I like how you open the question because it is true. Jesus is the one who chooses prophets. So I think that the challenge in any of the office gifts, you know is that people, um, all of us, we like, we, someone, you know, we have a private encounter or we have a public, someone calls out and it's like, you know, here it is, let's go. We got this down, you know, we're ready. Kind of like I'll take the job, you know? Uh, and I think that it's, it really is. I think the biggest challenge, well, there's two challenges that I see, Ben, you probably would agree with this. One is the person who never gets off the couch, no matter how many, you know, they, they just never become responsible for their call. And the other is probably more, uh, in our realm is probably more often, is that the person gets there too early. And yep. then they get their hands slapped, and then they're kind of in this mode of, well, the church, the church, and the church becomes their enemy. And they find themselves outside the realm of, um, of the other gifted people people right ben yeah and they end up in the school of prophets some of them very jaded against the church yeah. then you hear their stories and you're you know not all of them but some of their stories are this story i just told yeah, yeah you sort of didn't use wisdom kind of went and told your leaders hey i'm a prophet i had this encounter and <laughs> three blue angels flew over me so uh when am i going to be leading the church here you know and and you know rightfully People get afraid of that. What's interesting to me, Ben, we've talked about this a lot privately, but people will say, uh, and this is very common in the church, right? They'll say, "I, I, I don't think that we, sh- I, I don't think that we should carry the title of apostle or prophet." Yeah. And I'm like, well, is it really the title, or is it the stigma of the challenges that seem to go with those two titles? Because I rarely hear anybody saying, I don't think we should call people pastor. Totally. I don't think we should call people teacher. I don't think we should call people evangelist. But I think the stigma, and this is part of why we have school prophets, right, yep. Ben? It's like, the sti- we're trying to get that stigma healthy, where we can bring apostles and prophets in, and it doesn't feel like it's dangerous to acknowledge that someone's a prophet. And by the way, if you're listening to this, we don't call each other by titles but we don't even call each other pastor chris pastor ben we just relate to each other as as people and the only times we talk about being a prophet is when it's you know jesus said if you if you receive a prophet name of prophet then you receive a prophet's reward so we do feel like there is value at times in describing our office gift in an appropriate culture and appropriate uh conversation so we're not afraid to say that right yeah what 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 do you think ben i mean you're almost 50 now so i mean it's a question that i could start asking yeah. you i couldn't ask 10 years ago maybe but yeah
1: well i i think it, it, what you hit on patience is always the hardest thing you know we well, as young prophets i think one of my biggest difficulties was i could see your future for you and then i would try to prophesy you into that long-term future And I was always frustrated with the process. So I'm always trying to get people into their future. The problem with doing that, though, is it actually takes people out of the process that was intended to grow a root system to sustain that great thing. Yeah. So even this last week, I was at our our kids' revival camp. And I was preaching there and I was prophesying, I saw one young young lady who has a, a really large leadership anointing on her, her life, and I could see it, but I have to give a word that's age appropriate for her to actually grab onto, and then it doesn't actually put too much pressure on a person. And you know, the older we get, the more we realize we can actually put a pressure on individuals, on our own children sometimes, that is like an, a, a pressure that's not age appropriate and, or, or experientially uh, appropriate. And then even that, that other thing, Chris, that you were talking about, of uh, sometimes people getting frustrated with their call or trying to pre-promote themselves. They're like, don't you know, I'm the intergalactic prophet of four galaxies. And yeah. we're like, yeah, but we don't know you in this galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes boundaries, uh, pro- young prophets don't realize boundaries are there to promote me, not control me. And yeah. prophets are we hate control, right? Yeah. We hate that idea yeah. of control. But what happens is the sheep come in through the sheep gate and the shepherd comes in through the sheep gate. That means there's boundaries to this whole thing. And boundaries help the sheep get to know us and the leaders get to know us. And so if you want to grow and excel as a young prophet, submitting yourself to leadership and saying, how do I serve rather than taking on that badge, thinking it's a badge of honor that I'm rejected by everyone and it proves I'm a prophet. Hey, this is not the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. Testament. Old Testament prophets were rejected why were they rejected they were rejected because they continually showed up and reminded everyone of their sin and they weren't trying to hey you're a sinner you're a bad person they're saying hey there's something in the way of your relationship with God but no one liked continually hearing that because no individual sacrifice in the Old Testament could wash away all of our sins that's why Jesus Christ came so no longer are we ha- should we have that spirit of rejection that spirit of like oh yeah this is this is badge of honor no that's that's not normal as prophets we should be some of the most stabilizing forces in the church the most counted on people the most trusted people and that's what school of the prophets really is about right chris
0: totally you know you operate a lot in the mystical realm which is not as common for me uh and we have a lot of mystics that that are in our school every year yeah and i think there's the mystic like it raises the it raises the bar of the mystery right yeah Uh, and how important do you think it is that you understand the experience or maybe i should say when you have a mystical experience and you don't understand it what are the side effects of that because we get a lot of that like i had this experience i was taking the da this thing happened to me and i was out for four days and i mean we hear this stuff and i'm like okay and <laughs> what should be the outcome yeah, of that yeah uh,
1: yeah well number one any experience that that has actually connected with god number one should reveal the nature of god yeah so what what my question always to a person is like, well, what nature of God was revealed in that? What did you learn about God? And in turn, what did you learn about yourself? And then how do you activate that? How do we, how do we actualize that? How do we actually get something that's over here in the more ethereal kind of mystical realms and how do we bring it into practical application? What's one thing you can physically do on a daily basis that says, I believe this new truth about God and myself. And, and I have five things, Chris, that are super important to recognize, whether your prophetic word, your mystical encounter, your dream, if God is the source. Number one, it's going to have scriptural resonance. It's gonna line up with the character and nature of God that you know of through scripture. It doesn't have to be word for word in scripture because we all drive cars and cars aren't in the Bible. Does that mean that's demonic? No, it's extra biblical, but it, it's it gotta line up with the character and nature of God. Number yeah. two, Holy Spirit resonance on my spirit, connected to the spirit of God, tells me I'm a child of God. I can recognize the spirit of God. Uh, Number three, I need to have community affirmation, and that's two-prong. My community is friends and family with a shared value system and leaders. So I'm going to be submitting my encounters to them, and I'm getting feedback, because they're going to check and see, does that have scriptural resonance? Does my spirit identify with that? That's good feedback. Number four, we're looking for fruit. What's the fruit of the encounter? there's a lot of people having mystical encounter after encounter after encounter but they're not getting any fruit from it because they're not asking what does this reveal about god reveal about me and then reveal about my destiny what do i do with it and then the last thing chris we all know uh is the most frustrating uh it's time it takes time sometimes to discern whether that experience was from god or what part was from God? Because, you know, the enemy, he's a sneaky critter. What he, what he likes to do, Chris, is he likes to stand at the doorway of encounter to see if he can uh, add a lie to it. Add one little pollutant yep, to the thing. Exactly. And if we're not getting feedback from our friends and family and our leadership, and we're not going back to the word and asking God, okay, what part of this is good? then there can be little things attached to it. But that's what's healthy when we're in community, healthy community. And that's why School of Prophets, we believe is vital, not just to connect you with leaders and and other prophets to train you, but to actually connect with a broader global community because there's safety in that. And I think that's important. And I like to simplify mystical encounters and this whole idea of mystics to me, My definition of a mystic is one who through intimacy with God reveals the secrets of God. And we all get access to intimacy with God and we'll get, you know, secret things. You know, Chris, a lot of times comes to you in a revelation when you're sitting in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. I would call that a mystical encounter. Mm -hmm. You know, there's. There's different things we can actually have a mystical encounter while we're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden it leaps off the page; it comes alive to us. So those are some of the things I would say. I know Chris, you are um, you are you're operating in a lot of different spheres in the prophetic, and I know you and I are aren't always the same. We do crossover in some of the different areas, but how do people discover what's my sphere of influence in the prophetic? Where do I fit? Where, where should, where is my gift most appropriate? Where does it fit best?
0: Yeah, I think a a few things. What's your passion? Um, Where's your favor? And where's your faith? That's good. And I, I think those, those three things, I mean, they're not the only, only ways you tell, but, I think that um, I think those three things line up, kind of like the planets line up, and, yeah. and I think that you start to have invitations there. You start to feel like when you're in those spaces. Like I know, the political world is something I never had a passion for, but had a prophetic encounter that lasted quite some time. I've told it many times, and I had a pa- that that gave me a passion for a world that I'd never been in. Yeah, and took about. 17 years before i actually had favor like the door opened yeah and then i and then when i get when i had favor then i had to try to figure out how to get faith for it which cindy jacobs really helped me uh with with that realm and then the first time i was in that realm i had a great experience and i walked into a guy's office uh, who was president of a small country very small country and i didn't have any idea what i was going to do in there but i knew that this was a call. I knew I had favor and now I just had to like add faith to it. And we spent an hour together in the last 15 minutes. The Lord gave me a very specific, powerful word for him. And then, you know, what happened there and I'm glad this happened this way because I've seen it the opposite for people. I had a great first experience, which gave me faith for the next experience. Yeah. And I'll say you probably had this too, Ben where your first experience in a certain realm isn't good and you still feel called, yeah. and then you got, yeah. a, you got a kind of PTSD, you got a little bit of like, gosh, I hope this goes better than it did last time, right? But you know, the Lord was so gracious to me, maybe I waited 17 years for it, but then you know, I, I would start to go different, open doors would, doors would open, and I would step in, and I'd have this, as soon as I walk in the room, I feel this like amazing faith, like this is gonna be Amazing. Even often, I wouldn't even have anything for the person for ten minutes for making small talk, and all of yeah. a sudden. So I think that I think I think uh, you know, passion, favor, and faith are three three of the main ways that you know where where your metron, where your sphere of authority is. Yeah, what, what do you think is that? Would yeah, that I I would
1: I would agree, and I would say as well, uh, some of you um, that don't know where it's at. Uh, sometimes we get words and we're like, yeah, that's that's not it at all. I don't I don't know anything about that. I don't feel like I'm called to that area. Don't just wholesale chuck some of those things, hold on to them and allow God to stir something because he may build it over years. You know, I had words over my life about Hollywood years and years and years ago, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm from Weaverville. That's how's that happen? You know so you put it on the shelf and then god connects the dots and he'll do that for you i love the faith piece that you were talking about it reminds me of my my wife when she felt like okay i i'm gonna start a photography business someone told her she should do it because she was taking photos of our girls and doing so good and so she did a photo shoot of a lady and it went horrible so that experience you're talking about where you go in and it it is horrible what do you do with that experience? I would encourage all of you who have had that experience in a place that you know you've been called to. And and you actually have you have faith for it. But the favor didn't seem to hit right. My wife went back crying, came home and talked to God about it. And God, you know, sent her to the Internet. She found these little Pez dispensers and stuff. Slipped it on the, the flash shoe of her camera and did a photo shoot with children with the PEZ on top and it changed everything. And it could be one little link, one little shift that, that changes everything with favor. So trust God, if he's oh, spoken, yeah. that it'll come to pass and he'll give you strategies for that. Ask for specific strategies the next time you go in and then also be teachable. I would say I would encourage you if if you feel like you're called into a sphere, or you feel like yeah I think it's in there, then you want to rub shoulders with people who have already been in that because they're going to know protocols, they're going to know pitfalls, they're going to know the things that you will need to know Mm -hmm. that'll automatically garner favor in your life.
0: Well, hey, we're going to wrap this up. I want to just point out that. Samuel started the School of the Prophets some, you know, 700 years before Christ. And we're extending, our goal is to extend that legacy, to continue yes. that, that building a, a culture that helps to create healthy prophetic movements, raises up prophets and prophetesses, and, you know, really deploys them to the, you know, the, the to the four corners of the earth, really. So we want to really encourage you. We're going to have a great time. By the way, it, it, if you've never been here, well, I just want to tell you that we have a ton of fun. Yep. So yes, we do. If you're thinking that I'm going to go to the School of Prophets, it's going to be this intense place, and you know angels are going to fly over you, that probably be some of that <laughs> yeah. for sure. But uh, we really have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And we've made connections with other people who are like-minded and like-gifted, which is fun. And we hear testimonies that are amazing. And we hear funny stories of people's, you know, floundering and their mistakes. And we'll tell some of those. Yeah, uh, But it's also intense. It is four and a half days of you know, learning, growing, ministering to one another, uh, lots of practical experience, lots of just doing it. And breaking up into smaller communities, life you'll make lifetime friends here for sure. Yeah. we just love for you to join us. Again, that's August 7th through the 11th. You can sign up on uh, at Bethel.com. Super simple. Just click on the, the – in fact, I think we're going to put a link in it yeah. so it'll go easier. But um, you can join online if you can't come on campus. By the way, we want to just really encourage you. Come on campus as you can because Ben and I and the team, we like to get our hands on you. But uh, online is going to be an amazing experience too. You're going to be in a in a, a prophetic group with other, uh, you know, breakout in small groups. There's going to be encounter there, encounter groups that be opportunities for you to practice your prophetic ministry and yeah. to learn and grow. So that's August seventh uh, through the 11th. It's going to be here at Bethel Church in Redding, California, or it'll be online. We'll put the info right there in the link. Ben, thank you so much for joining me in the call.
1: Yeah, love you you chris and we're so excited to see all of you in
0: just a couple of weeks
1: now i mean it's a month away we're excited
0: thank you so much for listening to my podcast to stay connected you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvellton.com forward slash subscribe god bless you